We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice, your guys, Cody and Derek. Guys, we are back for another episode. Uh, Only a couple weeks left until training camp, so, you know, we're getting closer to actual football, so only a few more of these kind of other discussions not based off of what the team is doing currently. Um, And in this episode, guys, we want to talk about some potential all-pro players for the Colts. We want to have a discussion around these guys. You know, we kind of whittled it down, Derek, to six different guys. We kind of went back and forth on a few other guys that we didn't include on this list. Um, but I think six six guys that we're going to talk about, um, if we think these guys could potentially be first or second team all-pro players. So we'll start here on the offense. The guy who was the Colts offense last year, Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, was an all-pro last year, you know, did all the things, was the best running back in all of football. Do we think he could do it again and be another first team all-pro, Derek? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's barring any injuries. I mean, there's really no reason that to suggest that he wouldn't, you know, he's still going to get around his 300 touches for running the football and you can still expect 40 or so catches from him this next year. And you can expect close to that 20 touchdown threshold that he accomplished last year. So, you know, I would not expect anything less than a first team all pro especially now, now that everyone knows, you know, Jonathan Taylor has arrived, right? And he's now the number one running back in the NFL. So, you know, the eyes are out for him. So it's not like he needs any more of a audience at this point to be recognized for that. If he gets similar stats the next year. Yeah. We've talked about this all the time. We feel like JT, um, while maybe his carries go down, that's actually not a bad thing because his efficiency might go up with the addition of Matt Ryan and the addition of some of these weapons to help the Colts passing game. We think maybe JT can be a beneficiary of that as well. And I, th- I think there's no reason why he wouldn't, you know, repeat as a first team all pro. I think there's really no doubts in our mind. I think out of all these guys, it's probably the easiest guy to say, absolutely. He's going to be, if he stays healthy, a uh, first team all pro, no question about it. Um, but a couple other names potentially that we can talk about as well. Um, Big Q, Quentin Nelson, you know, was has been one of the best guards in football since he's been drafted in 2018. You know, it's always made an all pro list. He's always been, you know, in that conversation as the best offensive lineman 
in football. And so last year was interesting, though, because it was kind of a down year from his standards, right? So it's kind of interesting, okay, you know, can he bounce back? Can he stay fully healthy? You know, he said he feels a lot better, you know, than he felt at this point last year. So you feel like, okay, big Q being fully healthy, that's only a good thing, you know? And moving forward, he's going to, you know, get back to that all-pro form. But what are your thoughts on Big Q and his potential to become a first-team All-Pro um, and continue that? Well, I think that Big Q's resume speaks for itself already. First three seasons was first-team All-Pro right off the bat. Only one other player in the history of the NFL has done that where their first three seasons they were selected to the first-team All-Pro those first three years, and that was Barry Sanders. So when you're in the same conversation as Barry Sanders – you know you're elite at doing whatever it is that you do. So, Big Q, I mean, yeah, like we said, I mean, barring any injuries, you know, I mean, there's really no reason that Big Q wouldn't be in that category, right? I mean, even last year when, you know, obviously the injuries came in and really messed him up and really didn't give him the same kind of ability to block the way that he normally does you know, was still one of um, amongst the league's best, right? And the executives and the scouts, players, and coaches of the NFL all have concluded that he's the best interior offensive lineman in the NFL at this moment in time. So when you have that kind of staple and the history that's already been concluded by him from in this first four years here in the league, I mean, there's no question, unless he gets severely hurt, then, I mean, this guy's going to be an all-pro once again. Yeah, I think there's no question. You know, if JT's a, a clear number one for, you know, a, a first-team all-pro, I think Big Q is clearly right there with him in that conversation. You know, both these guys have been so consistent since they've been in the league and, you know, dominant. You know, you could argue the top player at their position. So I think there's no question at all. You know, if he stays healthy and he gets back to form, I think there's no question he's going to be an all-pro kind of player. Um, Here's a guy that that was interesting last year, DeForest Buckner. Um, you know, he's kind of, uh, he makes that impact in the interior. We all know, you know, what he was able to do his first year in Indianapolis. He was a first-team all-pro. He's a pro bowler, made the pro bowl last year but can he get back to that first team all pro form that we saw him in his first year with indianapolis um what are your thoughts derek on potentially deforce buckner maybe you know getting a little bit better you know on paper to potentially get himself back into that first team all pro conversation yeah the numbers were ultimately kind of what's been bugging him and you know the recognition that he's been trying to get over the last year and a half you think with adding the Ngakwe and Quiddy Pay on the on the rise and maybe having a Dio Dangbo on the interior being able to help step up in passing situations. You really hope that at this point they might you might see Buckner potentially break a few more double teams coming off of the middle. It really is tough for him because, you know, over the last two years, he's really been trying to pick up for the you know lack of pass rush that this team has had and hopefully now with a resurgence in that with Ngakwe and Quiddy and maybe having Dio is more of a threat this year and who knows maybe even Grover Stewart maybe even improves even more you know we've seen Grover Stewart continue to improve year in and year out so maybe he impresses us even more this next year 
that ultimately is what matters here. And Buckner will hopefully get a few more chances to be able to have one-on-one chances where he can escape those. Because, I mean, I'm telling you right now, Cody, there's very few defensive linemen in the league that every time they go one-on-one, they win pretty much every rep. And DeForest Buckner is one of those guys just because of the sheer size of DeForest Buckner. I mean, ironically enough, he's as big, if not bigger, than most offensive linemen that are blocking him. So, and he's just as athletic as them too. So there's, I mean, he is a matchup nightmare for any interior offensive lineman, especially if they're having to block him by themselves. So you're hoping that when he, when we, when he first got to Indianapolis, you really felt his ability and his power in the middle, right? Just all those tackles for loss and had eight and a half sacks, you know, wasn't the highest sack total he's ever accumulated, but you felt the difference, him being on that defense in 2020 versus what you felt in 2021, because obviously in 2020, there was a little bit better of a pass rush, a little bit better defense overall, overall play versus what we saw in 2021. Hopefully with this defense playing better in 2022, free some things up for DeForest Buckner to now be, and hopefully with the game plan, they can get him a little bit more fresh, get him off a few more downs. So maybe he'll be more fresh at the late terms of games and be able to make those big plays that allow him to earn some of those all pro recognition. Yeah, that was kind of going to be my next question was also like the new scheme change, right? With what Gus Bradley's going to ask DeForest Buckner's role to be. Is it going to be different? Is it going to allow him more one-on-one opportunities, more opportunities, you know, to make the big play and make the big impact? You know, in my mind, or I think it does. I think it does give him potentially, you know, things that he hasn't done before with Indianapolis, you know, with this new scheme, you know, he's going to get more different roles maybe than he's had before. And that could be a really good thing for him. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, the defensive scheme, I think that is what is so important here. And the changing of the defensive line coaches as well. You know, we talked with Lawrence Owen, uh, Colts law a few months ago. And when the Colts decided to get rid of Brian Baker, said that that was probably the best move that the Colts made all offseason. It was one of the best things, getting rid of the defensive line coach at that time, and I'm sure he probably still stands by it. And the reason being was that, you know, Brian Baker didn't really seem to be in sync with his guys and with the defensive coaching staff. You know, he wanted to do things a specific way, And that way involved keeping guys on the field for too long, not getting the right guys on the field at the right time to make the big plays. And that's why DeForest Buckner towards the end of the year was not as productive because he was playing over 90% of the snaps. You don't do that to your elite defensive lineman. You have to be able to take him off a few more plays every game to allow that man to be more fresh in the very important situations in the game. Obviously, Brian Baker did not do a good job of that. You're hoping now with Gus Bradley in this more aggressive style of defense while also having this new defensive line coach, hopefully him understanding his players a little bit better, they can combine that somehow and be able to get the most out of a DeForest Buckner. Yep, I hope so. Uh, you mentioned Yannick Ngakwe. We got to talk about him as well. You know, the new addition to the Colts, probably one of, if not their biggest additions this offseason, especially on the defensive side of the ball. 
Um, last year had 10 sacks, you know, his first time in a couple of years. You know, he's had those, you know, really, really good seasons where he's looked like one of the best pass rushers in the league. You know, could he potentially be in the conversation, though, for more of a I don't know if he'd be a first team all pro, but, you know, could he be potentially a second year all pro? You know, if he does have around those 10 to 12 sacks or something along those lines, maybe even more, you know, now that he has a partner in crime and quitty pay. Um, does he have that opportunity maybe that he continues to thrive, you know, with Indianapolis and Gus Bradley? What are your thoughts on Yannick Ngakwe potentially, you know, being an all pro player as well? Yeah, I mean, if first team all pro is not there, second team all pro definitely could be an option. And, you know, that could be an option for quite a few different names that we may not even mention here. I mean, really, it kind of boils down to you got to understand where Yannick was last year, right? Had 10 sacks last year. He had Max Crosby on that defensive line. Yes, Max Crosby, one of the top five best defensive tackles in the world right now. I mean, the guy's on fire, no question about it. It's the same kind of impact that you're getting from a DeForest Buckner, really. I mean, Max Crosby's on a whole other level. Now, ultimately, you had a Gus Bradley on that defensive side of the scheme as well. So he kind of has the understanding of it, and that helped him to really elevate his play. Gus Bradley's really seemed to elevate Yannick Ngakwe's play in some way by getting him more one-on-one matchups. I also think that it also has to do with some one, the fact that his defense is better behind him than what the Raiders had uh, this last year. He's going to have a better secondary, so there's going to be more opportunities for him to get those chances. And on top of it as well, you got to think of the teams he was playing last year. He played the he played the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos six times last year. I mean, those are some really good offensive lines with some really good quarterbacks. Okay, now I think we can all agree here that AFC South does not have a plethora of amazing offensive lines and amazing quarterbacks, right? You're in a situation here where a defensive mindset and a defensive scheme can be implemented and take advantage of AFC South teams a lot easier than the AFC West, right? Trevor Lawrence is not as good as... uh he wasn't even as good as Drew Locke last year. He was, and uh, Davis Mills is not as good as Justin Herbert, and Ryan Tannehill is not as good as Patrick Mahomes. So at the end of the day, you know you're going to be facing some weaker passing offenses in the AFC South now. So can that provide you with a few more sack opportunities this next year than what we have previously seen over the last several years? with Yannick Ngakwe, taking back to maybe his Jacksonville days where he was getting 12 and a half sacks a season. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility if he's able to take advantage of the bad offensive lines he's going to be facing early in the season. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see the kind of impact he has and if he can potentially be stiffing that all-pro honor. So we'll see. Um, all right, we have two more guys we want to talk about. Darius Leonard last year, you know, he's been a consistent all-pro on the list. You know, even last year with his ankle the way it was, he was still able to just be a force on that defensive side of the ball, being able to force so many turnovers, you know, last year. And now that he's getting that ankle surgery he's gotten and, you know, is looking to be 100% this season, maybe for the first time in a while, you know, could Darius Leonard even elevate his game more? And that that is exciting to hear that, you know? that Darius Leonard could even be better than he's been in the past. Yeah, and that's a scary sight to think about, right? I mean, this guy, ever since he's come into the league, has just been a walking turnover, right? 28 
turnovers in four seasons last season had 12 of them. I mean, it's just incredible what this guy's able to do. And you think with him, you know, especially now, cause you're in a more aggressive style of defense in the cover three scheme that Gus Bradley is wanting to implement. That's going to leave for more big play opportunities for somebody like a Darius Leonard to take advantage of with his speed and his awareness. Right. And then being able to create more turnovers, be able to get more sacks, things of that nature that, you know, we really haven't seen a ton of with the sack production over the last year and a half that we've seen from Darius Leonard before. I think that that had something to do with the scheme a lot as well. But like you said, with the injury, just if he's doing all this while being at 75, 80%, I can only imagine being at 100% what Darius Leonard could accomplish, right? If he can go out on the field and not have to worry about the pain in his ankle, right? So that that would be something spectacular to watch. I mean, is that does that confirm it's a 15 uh a 15 turnover season for him incoming? I don't know. We've joked about that and we'll continue to mention it because things just don't ever seem out of the realm of possibility for Darius Leonard, especially now with him being healthy. You can you can guarantee if he stays healthy, he's still going to get another 100 tackles on the season. You guarantee he's going to punch out the ball at least a couple times. You know he's going to get him a few interceptions here and there. His name for the All-Pro conversation is already in the bucket. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's the easiest one on the defensive side for sure. Um, all right, the last guy we want to have and talk about is a guy who has been there and has won the Defensive Player of the Year honors. Now, I know that was a couple of years ago, but Stephon Gilmore still should be talked about, I think, for All-Pro because, I mean, a lot of people seem to have written him off or whatever, Derek. Um, and he, funny enough, he did make the Pro Bowl last year, um, only playing in eight games, so if that shows you anything, how good he was still. Um, this guy can still play, though. I mean, this guy can still play when he's healthy. And now that he's had a full offseason, he'll have a full offseason of being healthy. I really think Stephon Gilmore has an opportunity to be back in that, you know, all pro conversation. What are your thoughts on Stephon Gilmore? Well, yeah, I think a lot of people are just writing him off due to the age and are writing him off based off of the injury that he sustained last year, which was one of the first times he's ever had some kind of significant injury of any kind. And it really wasn't significant enough to keep him out of the play for at least half a season. I mean, the guy played eight or nine games last year, had two interceptions and uh, was one of the top man to man covered corners in the NFL last season in nine games. So if it goes to show you, I mean, again, he did that in nine games. I can only imagine if he plays for 14, 15 games next year, what those numbers could potentially be even higher, especially now with, the defensive scheme that they're trying to implement and it works best for him. I mean, it works best for him. He can play that man to man style, be that aggressive defender that we all know while also having a zone element to it that allows him to move a little more freely inside the zones that they're trying to implement. So, you know, the, the misconception out there is that, you know, this guy is just not there anymore, which I just take Colts fans back to 2020 Remember when Xavier Rhodes came into town and, you know, did the exact same thing? I mean, everybody thought Xavier Rhodes was washed up. But you and I sat here and said, this guy can even be 60% of what he was the season before he got injured. You know, this is still a very good corner. And sure enough, in 2020, Xavier Rhodes was our best corner. And he was not bad that season. 
you know, just ultimately in 2021, just kept getting hurt all the time, just wasn't able to stay on the field. But this could yeah. be the same exact thing and even better uh, for Stephon Gilmore. And Stephon Gilmore has been, you know, as good as anyone about creating turnovers. And that's what this defense is all about. And like you said, the name alone, everyone know, remembers Stephon Gilmore. Everybody knows it, and that's what it is, you know. And it's not—it's not really the Pro Bowl, obviously. Pro Bowl's popularity contest, and you know, we could throw probably twenty different names out that could potentially be Pro Bowl. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's a little bit more of an interesting question to talk about the All Pro and Gilmore. He finishes the year with four or five interceptions. Then you know, there there could be an argument there. There really could be an argument for him being an all pro as well. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to seeing some of these guys and, you know, some of the guys that have been there before, can they get back to that form? You know, some of the guys who maybe missed out last year that have an opportunity, you know, some of like the Buckners, you know, the, the Gilmore's guys like that, you know, that could potentially now with Indianapolis, um, with the new scheme and with all these new things, new, new change of scenery for Gilmore could have the opportunity to really like, you know, get back to that form. The Colts have done a good job. It feels like, you know, of, of finding some players who have, you know, been really good in the past who maybe have fallen off or whatever, or haven't been as productive and then having them be very productive in their system. So I'm very excited to see what that looks like for these players and guys, let us know. These are only six names we mentioned. Are there any other guys you think potentially could be all pros? I know Derek and I kind of went back and forth. We debated a couple other names, but ultimately we settled on these six players. Let us know your thoughts on these six players and any other players you might add. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate all your support. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.